everybody, I'm Jim Noble, along with Wofford head coach Josh Coughlin. Welcome to the final Coach Josh Coughlin show of the 2021 football season. It's always a weird feeling when a season comes to an end, no matter how it ends up. It's quiet around these parts, the students are on Thanksgiving break. You've been in a routine since July, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, Coach, it, it's... I mean, you got work to do, you got things to occupy yourself, but it's it's always a little strange, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's always tough when you come off the end of the season. Um, it just it's, it's almost like a, a a dead feeling inside. You don't know what to, what to do next. But uh, no game to prepare for. It's 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 a little bit unique for us because, you know, typically we've been in the playoffs and you're preparing for a game over Thanksgiving, and um, that's not where we're at right now. So. But plenty to do and, and a lot to get evaluated and moving forward. Yeah, we're all creatures of habit, and uh, this is our, our usual Monday deal here. It, it, we usually shoot this around noon, and all of a sudden I'm going to wake up next Monday and go, wait a minute, I, I don't have to get in the car and, and come out here. But uh, there's so many things to talk about, obviously, moving forward. We'll take a short look back at the North Carolina game, some really cool things that did happen on the field for the Terriers, and a long look ahead at the future of Wofford football. That is coming up next here on The Coaches Show. Welcome back. Of course, the final regular season game at North Carolina last Saturday. Coach, heading in, we had talked about the things that you wanted to see, that that you wanted, that would make you happy and mm-hmm. make the players happy. Got a funny feeling you saw a, a good many of those things on Saturday. I, I really did. Um, one thing I talked to the guys, you know, uh, the night before was just going out and playing the best game that we've played um, up to this point. And that was going to be tough to judge a little bit against North Carolina, but I felt like our guys came out and they executed and they played really hard. They played with a lot of effort. They had a lot of fun. Um, you know, one thing that was kind of unique to that that game, I think we took 43 scholarship players up there. Um, and then we had obviously some walk-ons and some other guys. But uh, as a group, they came out, they played hard, they competed, um, and there were some good things we could take from it. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Peyton Derrick gets the start. He came out, and I thought he, he ran the ball with authority. Uh, I thought he threw the ball uh, as well as he threw the ball all season long. He played with a certain, I don't want to say joy, but just poise out there. They mm-hmm. had their starters in for a long time on defense, and, and the Terriers put up 14 points, and I thought moved the ball well, and I thought Peyton had a lot to do with that. He did. He he really played probably his, his best two games um, were his last two games. Uh, you know, you kind of wish you could have seen that type of production earlier on in the year, but he, he really did. He had a good, a good two games. Uh, he, he executed the offense uh, as well as he had all year, um, and he'll be able to take that game with him for the, for the rest of his life, really, and, and really showed well against an against ACC opponent. He had some help from an offensive line that I thought 
got off the ball really well. First downs, I think we averaged close to five yards a play mm -hmm. on first down. They were pushing around to a certain extent a defensive line that is, you know, ACC caliber, ACC size, ACC physicality. Uh, for a ragtag makeshift offensive line that had a couple of parts and pieces missing all season long, I thought that was a great effort. It really was. I think those guys had a they had a really good week of preparation. Uh, they played, I think, with similar joy um, and, and had fun doing it. And they knew the challenge and they kind of embraced it and, and just went out there and, and executed really well. Defensively, got to talk about the goal line stand in, in the fourth quarter. Five plays mm -hmm. after we get a defensive yeah. holding. And I said, look, when we got the holding call, I, I, you had your back turned. And I know you thought that we had held them on fourth down. And it was yeah. over. And then the flag comes out. And we're like, you've got to be kidding me. And then we hold them again. It sounded in our radio booth like we won the national championship. Right. What was the feeling on the sideline? Uh, very similar, I think. <laughs> I, you know, I'll tell you what, that that embodied, I and mean, that's one of those things that could really be a catalyst for your football team. I mean, to to hold those to hold that those guys for five plays in a goal line stand, um, and and there was nothing to play for. We weren't playing for anything. We we were had once one win. Uh, we were out of the game. But they bowed their neck for five plays. They got the penalty. We, we did it one more time. It just goes to the spirit of our football team. It says a lot about who our players are. Um, and I keep saying that we have a good foundation built of the, the type of kid and the type of character. Now we've got to start building the walls, putting the roof on, um, and, and playing playing better football. And that's what I'll close with in terms of the North Carolina game. What kind of platform do you think that provides? We had people dressed in Carolina blue coming up to us after the game and saying, wow, that was a really good effort. I think they kind of understood the situation that, that Wofford was in with the injuries and the record. So what kind of springboard can that be? And how will you use that? How will you remind your players throughout you know, winter, spring, summer workouts? Well, I think the biggest thing is just understanding that some, some of the things we dealt with this year were a little bit of an avalanche of, of issues that were out of our control, and there's obviously issues that were in our control too, but, but a lot of things were just kind of avalanched underneath of us. And, and for our players to have that type of tenacity, that type of want to, and that type of effort, it just shows you what they're going to do when they come out here in, in January and start lifting and training. Uh, they don't like where we're at, e even with all the issues that we had to deal with. And again, like I said, some things were out of our control. They don't like where we're at. And, and that type of attitude will be what they need uh, for the next six, seven months before we get ready for August next year. In fact, that's what we'll talk about when we come back, the off-season schedule for both coaches and players. It's coming up next on The Josh Conklin Show. sure can football season the best time of year no question
Welcome back. Since it is officially the offseason now for Terrier football, Coach, what does the offseason schedule look like for the players? How much time do they get off to kind of heal up and, and rest the body and the mind before they get back into a structured program? We'll give them, obviously, this week off. Uh, they'll come back on campus. They have just a few weeks left of school. Um, so we won't do a whole lot during the month of December with them. Um, or we'll have open hours uh, in the weight room that they can go. When we get back in January for our interim is when we'll really crank up the strength and conditioning program. Probably the biggest thing right now, believe it or not, we're going to have a surgery day um, for some of our guys uh, with our, with our, our doctors. Um, that's going to be kind of a Wofford day. So that's probably the biggest thing for me is get those guys, get those guys fixed up, um, get them on the road to recovery, and then get our strength and conditioning program going in January. And then we'll go January, February, March, and, and probably won't do spring ball this year a little bit differently. We'll do it towards the end of March or maybe the middle of April, um, just to give our guys some more time to heal. Um, because we've, been really, we've had really two seasons back to back with the spring and the fall. Strength and conditioning. Obviously, when you have as many injuries as you had this year, do you approach that differently at all with your strength and conditioning staff this year? We will, and, and you know, right now we're in the process of uh, you know just evaluating the whole the whole program from top to bottom. That's one area that we're going to evaluate. Uh, there's some things there I think that that Coach Medler and myself want to modify a little bit. Uh, we do we do think you know we haven't had a real true full strength and conditioning cycle that you typically would since March of 2020 when our guys left. Mm -hmm. So we want to give them four or five, six months here to really train, get healed up, get their body strong, and then uh, get ready to go for the summer. All right, coaching staff, these guys will be on the recruiting trail soon and we'll talk about that a bit later. But in terms of going back and breaking down the, the past season, in terms of, of self-scouting and maybe even looking at future opponents, what do the coaches deal with in the next few months? The biggest thing we have to do right now is, and what I'm charged with as a head coach, is I've got to evaluate the program like top to bottom. Uh, where are we at? You know, the goal is we've got to get, we've got to get stronger on offense and we've got to get stronger on defense. Um, and as we do that, we will take a look at all the tape in January. Um, that'll give us an opportunity to go through it really after recruiting into February. We'll make our changes. Um, one thing that we're going to do is we're going to strip it down on offense and defense and we're going to build it back up. Um, Really going through kind of a complete rebuild, um, just like our off, like our like our team right now. But we're going to do that in February, and then we'll get ready to go for spring ball. And of course, a big part of that is recruiting. When we come back, we'll talk about how Josh Cochran sells the Terrier program. We're looking for in terms of future Terriers. That's coming up next. Welcome back to the Coach Josh Conklin Show. I'm Jim Noble. 
recruiting, the R word, that everybody has to get on the road sooner rather than later. Talk about, Coach, first of all, you know, your your elevator pitch. When you sit down with mom and dad across the coffee table, when you're trying to convince a family, not just a young man, but a family that Wofford is the right place mm -hmm. for their son, what are some of the, the key points that you hit on? Well, I think the first thing you got to talk about is the, the top flight education that you're going to get. Um, if you want a combination of, of great education and you want a combination of, of really good high caliber football, um, there's, there's really no better place, in, in our opinion, as a coaching staff. Uh, the other thing that we have here um, that's going for us, even when you go through a year kind of like we have had, uh, you have culture. Uh, there's, a, there's a culture of excellence. Um, we have a tradition of excellence where it's not if, it's when we get back. And uh, that's gonna happen. And I think when you have that type of foundation and people recognize that, um, not only in your academic program, but your athletic program, uh, you can attract a pretty high quality kid. We all know about measurables, height, weight, speed, strength. Those are fairly easy to suss out at the beginning. What makes the difference? What are the intangibles? And how hard is that to, to know a kid well enough to understand whether he's got the intangibles that make him a good fit here? Well, it's a very unique situation, and that's exactly right. The tangibles are the, are the most important thing. Uh, the academic load here is real. Uh, they, it, it's, it's put stress on them. Uh, it's challenging, so they have to be able to accept that. To me, if, if they can embrace and they want to be as, as good a football player as they do student, mm -hmm. then again, they're going to be a good fit here if they have those tangibles. If, if the academics are not important, it's just something that they want to kind of check a box, they'll have a difficult time achieving um, greatness out on the football field as well as the classroom. All right, areas of need. We've got a lot of fifth-year seniors and fourth-year seniors who, who may or may not be back with the program. That's an individual decision that they'll all make. So in terms of specific areas of need, do you go best athlete available or do you go to position groups and say, we need depth here, we need skill here, and, and take it by positions rather than overall? It really is by position. You know, for example, at O-line right now, we're looking at taking three to four guys. Um, one need, one need um, immediate need is like inside linebacker because of our depth there and, and losing Joe and, and Brandon Brown. So we'll have to go find, you know, maybe an older guy, maybe a guy that uh, yeah, got stuck in a JUCO but was a full qualifier coming out. Um, we got to look at wide receiver is going to be a need for us um, going into it right away. And some of those will be addressed really quickly here in the month of December. Um, and some of them will wait as well as we kind of get into January. And just one other, one other question that I know our fans often have is why not hit the transfer portal like some of the other SoCon schools and take 30 transfers in one year. We've got some limitations on that. We really have to look at the younger transfers, don't we? There's a limit to how many credit hours we'll, we'll transfer over. So you can't just take a kid who's played four years at a at a school and say, come on and tack on one more year Whopper. We don't have a grad school too. So do you look more for those, those younger, almost uh, diamonds in the rough kind of kids? Yeah, you do. Uh, you know, a lot of times we'll have success finding guys like at the uh, uh, Air Force prep um, or Army who, who went there and decided that was not the route they wanted to go. But, you know, for us, and I think this is, I think this is important for the fans to understand and, and, and everybody to understand, you know, for us to be successful and to continue to have the success we, need, we want, we have to get old and stay old, like I told you before. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we don't have the ability to go get the D-tackle at VMI who's got an offer at East Tennessee and Chattanooga already as a grad transfer uh, because we don't have a grad school and we can't take an older grad transfer so a guy that's played for three years for example so you're always going to be young until you get old 
Right now we've got a young football team, so we're going to have to grow it here for the next few years uh, to get guys in place. In closing, we always talk about those sayings like iron sharpens iron and that which doesn't break you makes you stronger. How much did you learn about football and life Oof. this season? Learned a lot about learned a lot about myself, you know, in terms of uh, and I learned way more this year than I did the first two years as a head coach. Um, and I think, you know, you're either I was telling we always talk to the players, you know, you're either you're either winning or you're learning. I don't like to use the word losing um, because I think we've all learned a lot. I think we've all had to self reflect on, hey, what is it that we're going to be moving forward? What are some things that I, I solidified myself on, you know, what does it take to be successful here at Wofford College? Um, this is a unique place. You can't do certain things that you would do at other places for a variety of reasons. So looking at the totality of that, I've learned a ton. And then I learned a lot about myself as well. Um, probably the most, the most important thing for me, the, the thing that I'm the most proud of is that our guys never quit. Mm -hmm. They never gave up. We stayed together as a team. And I told them that a couple nights ago on Thursday night before last week's game. We stay together as a team. We, we have a team of guys. We, we have a, a group that stayed together. They didn't splinter. Uh, they didn't point fingers. And even though the results were not what we wanted, they stayed together. And that should give everybody a lot of hope uh, moving into the offseason, into the future here for Wofford. That is a perfect note to end on. We thank you so much for your time this whole season. I know it's not always easy to come out and carve time out of a busy schedule and sit down with, with us for, for 30 minutes or so. But we've enjoyed every moment of the ride. And we know bigger and better things are we're on the road, so happy Thanksgiving to Appreciate you it. and yours, and we'll see you soon. Yes, sir. All right. Take care. And for our entire staff, of course, thanks to Addison Harvey and Omar Ellison behind the camera for making this whole thing work. Brett Williamson, our Associate Athletic Director in charge of communications. For everybody, I'm Jim Noble saying thanks for watching all season long here on The Josh Cochran Show.